0: Hello and welcome to the AEW
1: Rampage Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dudley Boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that is in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we preview and review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, oh. AEW Dynamite, AEW Dynamite, <laughs> Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events we have wrestler interviews on occasion roundtable discussions sometimes we even answer your wrestling questions and we host probably not this week a round of <laughs> the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture and um, yet yeah, quick note on wrestle culture adam willborn's off it's a very very busy day here we'll see what we can do but if not we'll just you've got this one yeah <laughs> Hamflet, what are your uh, well you know i have missed an important fundamental part of this podcast because yeah. it is in fact the following show that we are going to review Hey, I just made you And this is crazy But here's my number This is Rampage, baby <laughs> What are your excitement levels ahead of This is Rampage, baby This is Rampage, baby
2: higher than they were when we first came in the studio, because that like, Carly Rae Jepsen thing's a cheat code, isn't it? It like, is. not it i am in such a good mood now. It's like, a wrestling show, that's this? Yeah. And I was like, well, it can't be, because I reviewed last Friday's, and it absolutely wasn't that. Uh, I I um, feel a bit burned by Rampage, because I watch it more out of hearing buzz, and hearing excitement, and keeping up with storylines for Dynamite, and for AW in general. And last week, I fell into your trap of the, oh, I was a busy wrestling weekend, obviously, with the Elimination Chamber, and Smackdown, and whatnot, but, like, I fell into And, of course, the... Japan pro
1: wrestling
2: debut of. This is good.
0: Money. Yeah. Money.
2: So the elite dressing up as basketball players wasn't the highest thing on my uh, priorities list. But when it becomes reviewing it for work and wanting to watch it properly and thoroughly and taking all the action so you can give you proper analysis, it really does have that doing your homework and registration feeling, doesn't it? I was yes. watch, I was watching the main event in the office. Before registration. Registration. And uh, what would it be in America? I we think know. it might be Homeroom. Homeroom. That's it, yeah. Uh, the idea that, yeah, like I would get into work and I had maybe like 15 minutes before my actual working day started. And that's when I was watching Rampage. And it's like, you've waited until literally the last possible yeah, yeah, to do this. Why? Why would you do this? You feel stressed, feel under pressure. You didn't want to watch that on double speed, but you're stuck with it now. So I've got all these uh, post-last week's Rampage anxieties uh, filling me with nerves about this one. But right before we hit record, you gave me reason to think that might be different. Indeed. We'll
1: start with the biggest match on the card, Um, and that is the Young Bucks are wrestling Aussie Open. We've seen them work together before, and there was the Elite versus Aussie Open, and I believe the semi-finals of the inaugural Trios tournament, and it was obviously very, very good. Mm. I can't particularly remember the chemistry between Bucks and Aussie Open. I assume it was fantastic. I don't think the match ever um, dipped in just this incredible quality level, but that was mainly premised on um, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay interacting in the ring for the first time since they did their work to shoot Meta, Who Gets the Better Star Ratings feud, which turned into something else magnificent, but that's a different story altogether. So I don't think it's going to hit those heights because, oh, God, when Kenny Omega um, just did a little moonwalk Mm -hmm. as Osprey was doing his space flying tiger drop and just stood there with his back to Omega and Omega just instantly got him in a snapdragon (laughs) and then just tapped his head as if to say, that thick twat, I'm cleverer than he is. It doesn't (laughs) matter how many star ratings he's got. That was sensational. But yeah, I'm expecting this to be a very, very good match. I would... Put this as having like a three and three quarter star floor mm-hmm. because it is a a young bucks match, B Aussie Open are great, and that's pretty much all you need. There's just an expectation of quality with the Young Bucks that should never go undermentioned. Um Dave Meltzer makes this point a lot. Have you ever seen a good Young Bucks match? No. Yeah. You just see you just see great ones. Yeah. You just see great ones, and um, interestingly, if you go on the Twitter Young Bucks, just to circle back to what you saying, if you go to their Twitter page, and um, they quote tweet the announcement from the AEW official account, and uh, that the match is going to take place, and um, Young Bucks have said a match we've wanted for a long time. Also, a quick reminder to everyone, mm. which to me would indicate that we know that this is in the can. Spoilers are out there, just as usual. In case you we're worried, they will not be. Um, discussed here, but they are aware that how much how good the match was, it's in the can, it has already happened. So they're basically bigging it up as something pretty damn special. What's funny is that it hasn't been talked about. This is another problem with Rampage and being taped. I and mean, again, we've discussed this quite often is that if you don't get the talk, of, oh, my God, you have to watch Rampage.
2: This match was unbelievable. What would they it, talk be like in Wales? What do you mean? If they talk, like, if you say... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, feel like I feel like I'm in the valleys being told that I need to watch Rampage.
1: This match was incredible. <laughs> oh, not, my God.
2: You're incredible. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad, to it? say. No, that's all right.
1: That's what it would sound like in Wales. <laughs> Danielson, Kingston, I was told... This is unbelievable. It's going to be great. Moxley Utah, I was told, you will see the face of God when you watch this <clears> professional <throat> wrestling match. And indeed, I did. I've, I'm certain there's been really, really strong matches that have happened on Rampage that just didn't have this sort of hype that has escaped the arena. Takesh to one not that long ago that feels
2: like it was. that, that was the Yes,
1: Takesh to Moxley's Moxley, second match, yeah. which was unbelievable. I wasn't that.
2: That wasn't. That was only bubbling under, wasn't it? No, it I mean. did. No, I got the. Oh, hype. it did. I ah. got like I think a
1: record number because a lot of my followers and fans of the podcast, and I appreciate them greatly, know that I like a indication or a non-spoiler indication of quality. Mm-hmm. So they don't tell me the result. It's pretty obvious, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time. Um, but just not going to tell you wins. Just this is the match that you have to watch this week or whatever. I haven't heard that level of hype, but the young bucks are certainly. The Young Bucks, and they are certainly saying that's a
2: quick reminder to everyone. How do you see it all going? Well, yeah, well, um, Aussie Open have kind of entered that conversation too, haven't they? Like there was the critically clear match with FTR from New Japan over here last summer. Um, they were being seen as kind of the next team. We're kind of the last guys, uh, Young Bucks and FTR, they were kind of looking at the first batch of the next teams that were going to break through and be the yeah. ones to take tag team wrestling into the next generation. Um, and then very recently there was that, tweet, I think it was Mark Davis, who tweeted there was an impact match or something that was airing I was like, this is the last thing we have booked. And it was this sudden realisation. What? like How is every wrestling promoter not picking yeah. up Open free? And that sudden hype around them for having no matches booked reminded you that they're a really big deal and then all of a sudden they get out for the Battle Royal. And indeed, AEW's, we were very critical of um, the way this match got set up. Aussie Open did next to Nout in the Battle yeah. Royal and then Excalibur said, well, after this performance, they've got to get the Young Bucks. Huh? That's, that's really bad from a creative point of view. Huh? <laughs> but it is a sign that AW have acknowledged that having them is a bit of a get, even if it's just for a short burst or for this temporary thing. So they've gone immediately to the dream match. This, if nothing else, counters the complaint that sometimes, when Tony Khan has wrestlers in his hands, he doesn't do what he possibly could do with them. This is the perfect example of that. Maybe um, it's an element of keeping this on rampage was that he knew that people wanted to watch it and a little bit of his response book into last week's number yeah. as well. So, I like, don't know why you would get the Young Bucks for that.
1: <laughs> They're my favourite tag team of all time. I would posit the best, but it's a brave move putting it anyone is. from the Elite on Rampage after the last two weeks.
2: Should the company be feeling a bit higher? Because after the Dynamite rating drop? maybe they feel like they've got momentum back and the numbers of late can be seen as outliers due to competition or something. I, I don't know. They didn't but, know that
1: rating was going to drop when they announced. No. And in fact... This match happened.
2: Yeah, true. Um, but quality-wise, yeah, it, I've got no worries about it, and it's the sort of thing like the elite, even doing a basketball match. It's the sort of thing that makes me tune in. So I've got to have a look. If you're Aye. if you're a fan, you've got a, that minimum expectation that will be met.
1: To be honest, I admire the books. They are put themselves front and center. Right, okay, rampages mid. It's essential. No one really watches it. Mm. Let's try and make something of it. It hasn't worked the last two weeks. Hopefully, it works out. But I think it's quite a bold move for their star power. Maybe they're just incredibly relaxed. I'm completely with you on the take that it was a borderline senseless idea to book Aussie Open in such a blah way in that match. At the very least, like, these are the sort of things that, like, absolute basics, if you are going to put them in a high-profile match that's the most anticipated on a TV show, it is not just booking basics, dry, solid booking basics to flatter them somewhat, It's common sense? Yeah. It's not good booking. It's common sense. That's a bit strange. One good thing, however, is that the Young Bucks are in a match, so it's going to be very, very, very good at a minimum. And Aussie Open are, like, massive dudes. They are deceptively huge dudes, and that will... The Bucks will fly all over the place for them. They'll bump massive for them. They will fight from underneath. So I think even though the hype has been minimal and the common sense just was lacking within the first two minutes, they'll sell for them, they'll put them over as these units, and that will, I think, add a sense of peril to the match.
2: Do you think it's immediately, in the post-match, you probably have a handshake, Aussie Opener, ostensibly babyface at the moment, a handshake, they go to leave, maybe Kenny Omega comes out, and then you go straight into the face-off with the AGB? Everyone who
1: doesn't want... I don't know
2: what happened or what didn't happen, but if you
1: just want it completely unspoiled, mute for 30 seconds... Now, I listened to Observer Radio, as is my little tradition, commute on the way home last night, and apparently nothing really happened after they said it was going to happen. Maybe that's more main (laughs) game. We said we were going to do something, then we didn't, and then that's going to say, all right, okay, well, you know what's happened here? So the House of Black said they were going to come out and meet us face to face. They didn't. Ooh, that means we're going to lose the
2: titles. What maybe there's a video that's going to be edited in rather than yes. a live thing where it's like the elite visit the cottage of black and it's like a vignette or something and they've gone they've gone to their home base for a face off. I'm taking the piss, but like yes. you know what I mean. Something that's like you, you can use a bit of spookiness in a video rather than live.
1: Something that requires some post production that you couldn't do in a yeah. live context because doing anything horror or supernatural adjacent in the live context makes no sense. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I still don't really want to see it here, but yeah, it's a really good call. Maybe Tune into the SmackDown preview later on for more of that. Yeah. Oh my god! Maybe it is some kind of uh, taped deal. So who's going to win? Uh, I'm going with the young bucks, Jeff. I, uh, it's it's uh, as much as um, imagine if any boogie was stupid enough to put an accumulator on for like dynamite and rampage f- matches. Yeah.
2: Remember that WrestleMania year where, like, there was loads of speculation that somebody within WWE just placed a huge bet on Randy Orton versus Kane because it was such a coupon buster, and Kane went over. Yeah. We were all watching the scratching heads being like, that makes absolutely no sense why you would put Kane over Randy Orton in a boring singles match. Yeah. First year at WrestleMania's got better than and some, like, WWE guys are just making 20 grand yeah, or something. Yeah. Easy money. I, um, you could, I suppose, in fairness to the Young Bucks, they did lose to Top Flight as part of that build in the mini program with Top Flight and AR Fox. So if they wanted to, um, you could set up a trios match. You could set up the rematch with Will Ospreay by putting Aussie Open over here. And so even if Osprey's not ready yet, they could always revisit it down the line. there, isn't it? Like the Young Bucks losing Wild Trios champions is now established as a thing that happens. So I will give them that, but I do think the Young Bucks are winning here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll allow myself to have a shred of suspension of mm. disbelief. Thank you for that, Hamflat. You've enabled me. <laughs> um, so the second of four matches booked Is uh, Action Andretti, remember him, versus Sammy Guevara. Is there any other way to say this is going to be an incredibly artless, very, very choreographed, potentially even quite sloppy match in which the sheer, ridiculous, dumb, impressive athleticism and speed will kind of get it over the line?
2: Possibly. I wish... Either guy was like likable as a person. I don't mean as a baby face or a heel. I just don't think either of them come across as particularly. Don't like the vibes. No, they don't come across as affable chaps. So when you're watching this, like amazing. you did before you started doing. Hey, you're a slut, bitch, <laughs> which I really hate. Awful bro stuff. Like all the backflips and that are undermined by what you might think of them or might perceive of them as people, which is unfair because that's obviously extremely subjective for every individual fan. It's just my own perspective. Yes. What I will say about this. Is that this was booked a week ago in you know in kayfabe seven days ago they was like I'll have you next week on Rampage. This is in even more trouble than it might have been as a storyline match because Jericho and uh, Starks is now signed. This is effectively SummerSlam ninety Sherry versus Sapphire because it's like well Savage and Dusty is already on the card. Yeah, but yeah we yeah. need something for the managers, so we'll do that as well. This is what that match is now. It's just with backflips and dangerous moonsaults. Now, those backflips and dangerous moves might be awesome and might like captivate the live crowd and make it for a really cool viewing experience. But the match is signed now. A week ago, we were still doing the fake feeling tea stuff. Starks, can if only he could get his bloody hands on Chris Jericho. Yeah. If only he could suffer in Sukertash's way to one more match. And so this felt like Sammy holding off Action Andretti just in the same way Jericho's holding off Starks. That's done now. That's dealt with. It. And yet we're still stuck with this. It's weird that the timing of this
1: match is very stupid because it has been established. That Sammy Guevara is not allowed to be
3: ringside. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Revolution. So even if, right, and this would be such a reach, even if Sammy Guevara was to do something really nefarious to win, or they sort of him and Garcia workshopped a really cool way of cheating um, Andretti out of it or distracting him. Even if you were to watch something like that unfold and you were to say to yourself, oh, you know what? that bloody Ricky Starks gets between the two of these brain geniuses with their heel heel tricks. Then he could be in trouble at Revolution. It's immaterial now because the match between Starks and Jericho has no one outside of the ring unless Action Andretti is joining the JAS. I just had that terrible idea.
2: Action Andretti beats Garcia tonight. And then like Chris Jericho is always on on commentary on Rampage. As that like, oh no, Sammy, but in reality he was stroking his chin thinking he'd make a great recruit. Yeah. And it's like the big boss man leaving the corporation for one weekend to interfere against Austin and then rejoining. Action Andretti is the non-JS man that helps Jericho win. Oh my God. I don't want any of this.
1: Oh my God. I tell you what, the only small kernel of, is that Action Andretti just doesn't look, he's, he's weird. He's Basically, this is a Spider-Man meme match because Sammy Guevara's entire incredibly spectacular babyface arsenal just collides spectacularly with his very essence Yes, as a person. And it's the same with Andretti. Like, we're being pretty harsh here, mm. but I don't think Andretti is... Certainly not from my perspective. He doesn't have that... I like you.
2: You know, when he disappeared... He just doesn't have that. When he disappeared, was anybody doing the like Hikaru Shida... Where have they gone? Yeah. N- like the it's lads, not, not that, that kind of saw. baby face. No.
1: No. At the very least, I think these lads have just a shred of self-awareness to think, you know what? At least Guevara has it where he's like, some people think I'm a dick. What I'm going to do is do this ridiculous head first bump on an apron <laughs> so people can get some catharsis out yeah. of that. So I Andretti, you could win this and join the G- yeah. G- yeah. Ricky Starks does a gauntlet again. The exact same storyline between Revolution and Double or Nothing, except one extra gauntlet match, and it's Ricky Starks versus Action Andretti. Live on Rampage. Double or Nothing. You have to fight me twice
2: or never again.
1: Two out of three falls between Jericho and Starks at Double or Nothing. Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tell you what I don't hate. Genuinely. uh, Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm could probably rule. Brilliant. The only issue, it's going to be a hard-hitting match with a nice established uh, baby face heel dynamic is that everything to do with the women's overarching storyline in AEW right now has zero heat so I don't think the fans are going to care about it but that should be effectively equalized by how inherently likable Willow Nightingale is she's literally the opposite of Sammy Guevara and Andretti for me yeah I just look at her and go like you yeah you're just class you're very effervescent and great. So this match, if it gets the heat, I think should be good. They're probably going to do some uh, dual ass slapping spots to try and convey I who's do. got the most um, Herculean impressive Indeed. ass as a weapon. So this could be some fun stuff, some strong style butt stuff. Yes, <laughs> there could be some really like dumb but funny stuff, yeah. hard hitting. People love Nightingale. Storm, I don't feel, has the heat because people don't know what to think of her one way or the other at this point. Yeah. I think a lot of people think she's miscast, but then she was overshadowed by hate or as a babyface. So at the minute, and it's shocking because she's so talented, she's either Noutna or something, but are you worried about the heat? That's the only concern because surely they can work a good match. It's I think, inevitable.
2: Yeah, I think the heat is going to be there. You know, I I, I know that this um like this Women's Division storyline isn't that popular at the moment, but Willow Nightingale is. And if you bring out Soraya, who is, she is finding herself as a heel, uh, it's just a shame she did it as a babyface first. I think this character does is starting to feel a bit more fleshed out, in spite of the storyline being a little bit weak. And I just think with Willow Nightingale out there potentially as like a you know a babyface foil for now, but somebody that actually joins the ranks long term. We're assuming this triple threat uh, Revolution is not the end of this story. Three way, sorry, three way. It's not the end of this story. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Like it goes on, doesn't it? Like regardless of who wins. This turf war is not settled. And oh, it's capital M, capital C, must continue stuff. Yeah. And Willow Nightingale is far from the worst person to bring into this. Like she, the AEW side has Hater as its champion, and Baker is somebody you kind of don't really trust. She's waiting to be able to take advantage of all of this for herself. So it does kind of, and Ruby Soho's refusing to pick a side. It does sort of need Willow Nightingale. So I'm hoping this matches an entryway for her into the storyline full time, because as well, she brings something to the matches. Willow Nightingale versus Soraya is not something I hate at all. Like in terms of somebody that is just so lovable versus this kind of detestable figure on television. Yes, the heel babyface dynamics perfect. Even if the match might not be great, so this might be that this exists for that. And if nothing else, what a contrast to the um, Jade Cargill. See, you've had your women's match cheat code rampage thing because last week was. Such a piss take. Oh, it's unacceptable. It was like not it's on.
1: Unacceptable. So, like this, I is... lost a bloody cup of coffee for that.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize that you would have been daft enough to put steaks on it.
1: So, well, we needed something to make it interesting, me and yeah. Wilborn. So last week, if you recall, on the preview, me and Wilborn bet a cup of coffee on uh, the match length. I said 45 seconds. Wilborn said a minute and 30 seconds. It was a 45 second match with 20 seconds of push ups
2: tacked on it.
1: That tipped <laughs> it in
2: Wilborn's favour. Pathetic. It was. This is the opposite. This should actually be given. The opposite five, six would probably minutes. be
1: like two or three great ma- women's matches that were interesting yes. on one show. <laughs> yeah. But it's better. It's yeah. an improvement, regardless. Uh, Storm to
2: win. Yes, I think so. Yeah.
1: Aye. Uh, two more things that have been advertised thus far. And we hear from Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. Are they going to do Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes versus uh, Swerve,
2: Parker, and yeah, that's right, Trench. I think Parker and Trench accept the tag like They want Swerve plus one, and he won't accept it. And we oh get Parker boy. and Trench in a tag. So you've got like Keith Lee, the spectacular guy, and Dustin Rhodes, the Hoyman there. Give it Dustin till the end of the season, that type of wrestler. And the challenge of all challenges for these two men is Parker and Trench in a tag. To be honest, right, if you are going
1: to give them ring time, and at some point you kind of have to, there's not a bad combination, not a worse combination as a tag team. You've got Dustin, who could sell... Really basic green mm-hmm. clunky offense, well, because he's got that emotional bond with the cutting audience. Tags, cutting the
2: ring off. Yeah. The very, very basic tag stuff on the heel side.
1: Yeah. And then when it's time for Keith Lee to get his tag, they can just stand there and get obliterated mm-hmm. by, you know, the tsunami that is Keith Lee. So that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but it's still not something that gets me.
2: Do you think that's where it's going? I think so for Dynamite as a, the go home angle. Keith Lee and Swerve is not yet on the Revolution card, is it? So, no. This is like. This rampage could start to shore up the remainder of these We're like we there's a podcast that's either out there now, there's a video coming to YouTube soon. We've discussed a bit about revolution and AW in general. And there's a few of these blood feuds, these uh, grudge rivalries and that that aren't yet on the card and we're kinda of thinking, well, can all of them really fit with the Iron Man match in the main event? I think this one does. Yeah. Really so at some point that's gotta get formalized yes. So it might happen here it's maybe not going to go
1: 15 minutes I think they'll yeah. be pr- very protective of Keith Lee I don't think they can see him selling he doesn't really do that in AEW no. it's more like greatest hits steal so two more things remind me that there's two more things because okay. there's only one more thing in my notes but there's another thing that I've got a theory oh. that I want to manifest the last thing that is scheduled for the card itself Lance Archer's in action I've got a theory about this Yeah, do you want to hear it? I, heard I've it heard in the it office yesterday. And yeah. I want our listeners Care to it,
2: brother. it's good stuff
1: Okay, Fab. So Lance Archer's in action. All of a sudden, he's been brought back. Mm. They don't really do things by accident. They abandon things, too many bloody things, if anything, <laughs> these days, but they don't do anything by accident. I can't see this being a random thing that happens, nor can I see Lance Archer in a singles match or a big story happening in time for revolution. That would just feel nonsensical to me. I think Lance Archer's in action tonight and potentially in action the week after Revolution in another squash match. I think they're building to Archer versus Adam Cole, and it was Andy Murray who had the finish idea. Can you remember that? No. The claw mm-hmm. pounding Adam Cole's newly repaired brain yep. into the mat over and over again, referee stoppage,
2: oh my and God. then building to a sequel. Nice. I like that too. It's a... My my complaint constantly, eventually, when you ran out of juice with Lance Archer, was that some people die. It's just not a catchphrase. Yes. And once they... Like, the Dustin Rhodes one was the best. And then... What's the Dustin Rhodes one's the best? Or did he have a pretty good one against... John Moxley, maybe? Anyway, so he had, like, three or four. The
1: Moxley-Texas death match was unbelievable. There was a few
2: that were, like... And then the Hangman Page thing was such an overachievement. And, like, there are times when you can just rehab that enough to make one match super hot. This is... Probably it. Like, this whole idea playing through his you have like manifested. All in favour of it. Like, the Adam Cole... We've talked on a few different podcasts about the Adam Cole opponent, especially because they've brought him back as a babyface. And it's just not that easy to find somebody. Not just a heel who can have a good match with Adam Cole, but a heel who can lose. And Lance Archer can. Like he seems to understand and know his role. As long as he's heated up enough for the defeat, he'll happily do the big defeat. I like... That idea, and I think this, like him doing one of his Lance, Ar- Lance Archer squashes, gets you there pretty much immediately. Doesn't yeah, it? You, do what so, you do only need one or two. He's
1: such a great practitioner of the yeah. art, he's amazing at it. So, I'm expecting big things from a completely forgettable squash match, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. One more thing, and I think I just want to delude myself a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Tony Khan has got this sort of signature booking device where on the go home shows, ahead of his pay-per-views he doesn't necessarily he's done it once before but he doesn't necessarily dedicate every minute of tv time to selling the pay-per-view selling the pay-per-view i don't know if he thinks it's a bit desperate or it can get a little bit grabby or what but he does sometimes just add something completely i was just going to build something on the pre-show but we're going to put it on tv Mm -hmm. or this is completely out of canon but it's cool and the idea is this is where there's meant to be a bit of hype. So if you can get any conversation going or any kind of fan enthusiasm, you'll drive it. We saw it with... Buzz, he chases buzz. And then if you talk about AEW, by virtue of that, you talk yes, about the Yes, exactly, exactly. So I think there's been examples in the past where he had um, Junaki Yama yeah. against Eddie Kingston on Rampage. And that was before you knew it was going on the pre-show and the singles. And he thought, out of nowhere, you just get this really cool thing mm. for seemingly the sake of a cool thing. And that's going to be just a great component to the show. Kenny Omega versus Pac, ahead of Revolution 2020, didn't need to happen. In fact, they could have saved it. But they thought, you know what? Let's go overboard with fan service to make fans care about AEW on the whole. And they think, well, I have to get the pay-per-view now. I think we're getting a Kenny Omega-IWGP US title match on Dynamite next week. Oh, my God. I genuinely, I don't know why I've got this idea in my head. I just think we are.
2: Anybody in mind?
1: I'll do AR Fox. Ah, somebody. On, I thought you meant like somebody from New Japan. I don't know about the schedules. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to make not- a fool of myself. Because I know Aussie Open are busy doing um new japan business on the day of revolution or very very near to it which is why people thought well, why are they can't be doing the four-way tag for example so i do think there is i should have researched this i'm sorry the thought just popped into my head halfway through but i just think that there's one thing that tony khan tends to book that's not necessarily directly involved in the pay-per-view but for the reasons i've just outlined he just wants to get the spark and the excitement anywhere he can kenny omega I think I just want to see him in a singles match after for the first time this month.
2: I love the magic. You know when you talk about the matches being taped and that creates this problem where there's no buzz emerging from something where you wanted buzz and therefore it's hard to get yourself hyped for it. What I do love that Rampage still has is in post-production, when you get the... When's the revolution, sorry? Uh, March the 5th. So right, the next Google, Sunday. New Japan, March 5th. And this was the case last week with the, the Tony Khan announcement. The New Japan Cup. Oh, yeah. So they've all... It's a very busy roster, isn't it? God damn it. The idea that, like, a Rampage insert plus some, like, recorded commentary after the fact gives you a huge talking point coming out of Rampage, even though the show was taped, the match graphic itself, like Kenny Omega versus X, would be a huge talking point. Like uh, mercedes Mene making her AEW debut in a week of a pay-per-view. If that was just a graphic drop on Rampage, it would be all that people could talk about for all weekend... So I'm in favour of that. I really like that idea. What about... Damn it.
1: Kenny wants to work El Desperado. It would be incredible, and he's pretty busy. Ugh. He's busy on Revolution, but not
2: on Dynamite. Well, what about if there was something next week in terms of Kenny defending that title? Uh, while there's, what, an all-but-confirmed date for Fabindo 2? Wasn't there some sort of leaked June date? The 24th? 24th, I think, yeah. So what if there was something next week as a way to kind of give people a primer for that? It's coming again. We're going to do it all they over. They could
1: again. have, it's Wednesday, to Sunday. They could easily get a New Japan guy, I think. Yep. Get El Desperado versus Kenny Omega. You heard it here first on the Rampage preview. Um, if that's, Idle Fantasy Talk. I need to stop being a mock. Let me know underneath the comments section to this podcast at what Culture WWE. Uh, whilst you're there, you can find Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can find me at M Sidgwick. You can follow us all at what Culture WWE. Once again, thank you very much for joining us. It's awesome that you spend part of your days with us. We never don't appreciate that. Um, later on on the schedule today, we have um, the SmackDown preview, which will be recording imminently i expect all sorts of listical goodness over the weekend before normal service resumes next week once again thank you for joining us this has been the rampage preview subscribe and we'll see you soon
3: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more